and welcome to the Movies Are Live podcast. This is your host, Nathan Chandler, and today we're talking about the 2022 film Hustle, starring Adam Sandler. When I was thinking about who to bring in to talk about this movie, my old college friend Mark Litch came to mind. Mark and I were both digital film majors at Baylor University, and we made lots of short films together, worked on a lot of projects together. I don't want to exactly speak for him, but it's probably better if those projects are just buried in the closet somewhere. <laughs> we are definitely working out our kinks as uh, filmmakers, but Mark has always had a passion for film. Uh, he'll talk a little bit about it in our conversation, but he sees so many movies during a year. It, it amazes me. I feel like I do pretty good compared to the average person, but man, he kills it. And at the end of every year, uh, I too like to put a list together of my favorite movies, but he also shares his list of all the movies that he's seen and it'll just blow, blow your mind. I thought Mark was a perfect guest to talk about this movie, not just because he loves movies, obviously, but he also is a huge basketball fan, huge Dallas Mavericks fan. If you didn't know about Hustle, it stars Adam Sandler. Uh, he plays a basketball scout who discovers a phenomenal street ball player in Spain. He sees this prospect as an opportunity to get back into coaching in the NBA. It's a real underdog story. And I think you'll be able to tell through our conversation that both Mark and I were pleasantly surprised by how entertaining this movie is. It's streaming exclusively on Netflix, so you need to check it out. If this is your first time to the podcast, we do talk about movies as if you've seen them before. So Hustle is not necessarily a real spoilerly type of movie, but just know that we may talk about some big pivotal moments that happen. So just know that before you head into this conversation. All right, let's join Mark. Thanks, Mark, for coming on. I this I'm glad we picked this movie together because um, I, I know you're a big uh, basketball fan, NBA fan, but certainly a Dallas Mavericks fan. And man, you got a lot of Dallas Mavericks love in this movie. Yeah, no, you're not joking. It was uh, I, I was glad to see that the that Dirk came in and sealed the deal. Uh, for for Bo to to listen to him, that made my that made my heart really happy. <laughs> when I saw that scene, um, and I, I just we talk about these movies just as if somebody's seen them or whatever. You know, I, I try not to worry about spoilers. But that scene, I was like, well, that's possibly the funniest Dirk has ever been, ever. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's more like funny, ironically. <laughs> um, so it. it He's, he's just kind of like a dad. He had a bunch of dad jokes. And so, um, you know, I, I got to go to the game where they retired his jersey. Oh, and that's awesome. Like, he's more of like your emotional, like you just you just love you just love the dude. So to see him just kind of goof around a little bit in Adam Sandler movie was really yeah. fun. Yeah, well, you even, uh, I think sadly, uh, he's no longer on your team, but a little Boban action um, at the beginning and later in the end. <laughs> and he, even Luca made a brief appearance. Yeah, no, it was it was real fun to, um, it was it was real fun to kind of see that the the Mavs are still relevant and, uh, which is which is it hasn't been that way in a while, um, you know anything not Dirk related. So, no, it was good to have uh, to have Luca show up and then uh, um, you know Boban, I mean he just makes my heart happy and so the I, I think he's I, I loved him in John Wick before he was even on the Mavs so. 
I'm 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 on board with I'm on the on board the Boban. Yeah, he, he's definitely carved a little niche for himself. You know, he's he's on all these commercials and these little bits and stuff like that. But uh, so did you did you like this movie? I really did. I th- I was actually surprised at how much I liked it. Right. I, I I'm was, with you. It was one that it, it went down real easy. I think I told you that it went down real smooth. Mm-hmm. Like I started it on, on on a Saturday night thinking I was going to be able to, you know, start 30 minutes, get a good head start and then go to bed. And I end up staying up for at least, I think like an hour, almost all of it. I think I had like 30 minutes left and I was just, it just made me happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. I, you know, it's, um, you know, it's supposed to exist as this like behind the scenes look of NBA basketball. I I, I don't know for certain, but I, I feel if that if you are in the NBA world and you watch this movie, you'd probably be like, this this in no way would happen this fast and such a quick trajectory <laughs> and everything. But um, I'm with you. Uh, you know, it felt. It felt real uh, cookie cutter, but not in a bad way. I, you know, I it just, you know, everybody in it is pretty much, I mean, you have your good guys, you have your bad guys. They're very much, uh, you know, broadly painted, but, you know, it's not over cynical, you know, it's not super cynical. Um, it just is telling a pretty straightforward story. And even though you're pretty sure you know where it's headed, um, it's just, I, um, I mean, I wasn't literally watching it with a smile on my face, but as a really big basketball fan and just a movie fan in general, it's like, this is, this is a really good experience. Even if you didn't like basketball, I think someone would really enjoy this movie. Yeah. And, w- and what's funny is, is w- one thing I, I watched while I was watching it made me really happy is that it was actually NBA teams and not like the fake teams that they have in some movies that don't get the NBA licensing. Yeah. And so I was really, I was just glad to see real NBA players uh, on their real team, except for uh, Anthony Edwards and Boban. Yeah. But, um, but like one of those things where you said it was a really simple story. Like there's a lot of times where the, there are movies that are just really simple movies that are told really well. Like as I'm watching it, I'm reminded of uh, The Fault in Our Stars, which for me is just your standard, you know, dying kid movie. But it's done really, really well, <laughs> and you're in, you're invested in everyone, and the, the the performances are great. Same with Top Gun Maverick. It's like it's it's tried and true formula, but it's just done really well. And I think there's something to like. I, I think I think we as a culture feel guilty about those movies that are kind of you know smooth and go down easy. But I think it's actually kind of hard to make those kind of movies. Yeah, and um, you know I think. It, it could be easy to really, uh, really nitpick this type of movie. But honestly, I mean, the amount of talent and as you mentioned, you know, having the backing of the NBA behind it and you, you're doing this more often than I am. But in both of our fields, we work with we work with talent and I sometimes know how hard it is just to get like one person in my video or whatever it is, article or whatever for an interview, the fact that they got so many names to be a part of this. I mean, I think it's pretty remarkable. You know, I think people could watch this and take it, take it for granted. Like even, even towards the end, at the end, the basketball game um, between the Sixers and Celtics, I hope I'm saying this right. 
Juancho Hernan Gomez, yeah. I guess <laughs> I'll just say Juancho, but um, he, he, he didn't play for the Celtics. You know, he, he did play in the NBA, but just the fact that like, I was like, okay, wait a second, you know, the, maybe, maybe they digitally enhanced it, but I mean, it feels like they are at a real 76ers game and he never played for the Celtics, but then he's in the South, just that whole, I, maybe they blocked off off time to film those scenes with Sandler and Doc Rivers at the end or yeah. everything. But I think if, as a producer, I think if you watch this movie, I think you'll really appreciate just like what it took to probably actually uh, get this film made. Yeah. It kind of felt like the movies of old, like it, they used to be able to shoot those, you know, shoot these things at halftime or, you know, shoot these things at the beginning or afterwards. And like, to me, like it, it seems like to me, they just shot it and told people, Hey, if you want to stick around and be a part of this, you know, part of the scene. I mean, like it didn't take a whole lot of time probably to shoot it. Um, but yeah. And I think honestly, I think it's the testament to, to Netflix. It's also the testament to Sandler. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be really hard for, for one of us to, to, to pull that kind of, you know, licensing and, and, and cameos and stuff. But I think Adam Sandler, it's pretty beloved at this point to where the, I bet they had people chomping at the bit. Yeah. Uh, Sandler, I, I've kind of gone like up and down with him. Maybe it's more of a kind of a roller coaster a little bit with like how I feel about feel about him because obviously I grew up watching him on SNL uh, in the '90s, so loved him. Billy Madison, uh, Happy Gilmore, all those type of things. And then yeah. I, I've kind of been out and in on some of the stuff he does. Um, I, I'll put it this way: when he's put out something on Netflix. I don't, I'm not necessarily rushing out to watch it. I'm kind of seeing how other people are talking about it before I dive into it. And I'm sure if you looked at his like Metacritic scores, they would be a little bit all over the place. Um, but one thing, and I think I've always really appreciated him. He has just had the clout to uh, pretty much make kind of any movie that he wants to. And I'm like, he has to be the most comfortably dressed person actor ever in this he wears what he wants to he picks these amazing locations for his movies like hawaii or if it's murder mystery with jennifer aniston sure like in europe and i think i've heard him say he picks places where he can take his family and vacations and you know he's obviously a big basketball fan and i'm like man he he just has done it again he just gets to, you know he probably just was like you know i get to play the inspirational coach slash recruiter and i get to interact with all these nba stars i love watching i mean he he just had to have just a heyday with this i was just kind of jealous of him the whole time really <laughs> well and what's funny is i i have in my notes here that if if adam sandler was a movie it would be this movie and it's it's funny it doesn't like wearing a suit it's much more comfortable in sweats it doesn't <laughs> give you the big emotional beats that most sports do movies do you know those moments kind of happen. Yeah. Like, like I was, I was really thinking, like, man, because I'm, I'm, I'm a big Rocky guy, big Creed guy. I love the big emotional montages, and this was just more. It was just a kickback. Like he might as well had a beer in his hand <laughs> while he was training. Like it was all like it looked intense, but it just looked like they were having a lot of fun. And and so you know, and honestly, because I love Adam Sandler for the most part, I think he's um, vastly underrated. Mm -hmm. But he also kind of you know, he does what he wants to do. He's kind of like a Nick Cage in that sense where he can turn it on when he wants to, but he's also, he, he also knows that he's, he's got a brand that, that is successful, even if his movies aren't good. And so like, I, I actually would put this, 
That's probably one of my favorite Adam Sandler roles. Like I grew up with, you know, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Mr. Deeds, Big Daddy, all the the, the classics. But um, I've always been kind of an, like I loved him in Punch Drunk Love. I thought that was kind of his best. I thought Uncut Gems, he was really good, but it didn't feel like I don't know. It, 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 I, it's a fantastic movie. I actually prefer Good Time a little bit a little bit better with Pattinson. But as far as this goes, I, I think this is one of his best roles because he's the most comfortable yeah. I've ever seen him and authentic. And his relationship with Queen Latifah I thought was fantastic. With his daughter, it's fantastic. Like he seemed like a really good assistant coach. He may not be like your head coach who's going to chew you out, but he's just going to be the guy who's going to help you. And I, it was com- probably the most believable I've ever seen. Him yeah, in. no, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I never thought that I could be inspired by a Adam Sandler speech. But um, I mean, there's several montages, but there's one in particular, you know, where uh, I, I wrote down my notes like the three point montage or just the talk that he had uh, with him and just about the mental aspect of the game. And man, I was just uh, my, my daughter plays basketball and she's just kind of at the age right now that um, they're all kind of, I mean, some teams have some really good uh, girls who can play, but they're all kind of on a even playing field right now. They're all, you know, kind of learning some, but the men, the mental yep. aspect of the game, they're at that age now that that plays a really big part. And I wanted to show her that scene so bad afterwards just to be like, yeah, it's all, you know, if you go out there thinking you're the best, you'll, you'll probably play, you know, play like the best. And so anyway, but yeah, Sandler was, was the last person that ever thought that I would like want to be, you know, you know, cheering and <laughs> cheering out loud in my bed for, but yeah, you're probably, I liked what you said. This is probably, um, you know, he, he's a, he's a pretty private person and, and you know, he, he does press junkets and stuff, but he keeps to himself, but you do feel like you get a glimpse of the most, uh, you get a glimpse into probably how he's most like in real life. You could see him having these talks with his family or whatever like that. But I, I, I'd be hard pressed if you watch this film, not liking, I, I think if you were out on Sandler on other stuff and you saw this, you would, you, you would probably take a second look at some of his films. Oh, and absolutely. And you're going to get some, look, I mean, you know, my family loved Hubie Halloween. I mean, it, it, but it is kind of a, a niche movie where it's like, it, it, it's, it's more of the, the classic Adam Sandler's, um, you know, bit that he does. And, and he's still good. And again, it's like, there's something about him. Like if he was just like a complete asshole and, and didn't seem likable and he was just playing the same dude over and over again, then, I think I would be less of a defender of him, mm-hmm. but it seems like this is a dude that's just that's just lucky. He loves making movies with his friends. He seems like a loyal a loyal friend who um, cares about his friends, cares about their career, using his clout to elevate their career. And so you kind of want to root for a guy like that. And I kind of tend to, I wouldn't call him an underdog, but as far as a an actor, he's kind of I think underrated. Mm-hmm. And so I like seeing him prove me right. I, maybe it's a pride thing with me, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I put, I put Keanu in that, in that, in that group and, and, uh, just people who I, who I'm just, man, I bet on the right horse and, and Sandler's one of those horses. <laughs> well, and he, 
what I love is his ability to even uh, make fun of himself. <laughs> I mean, he he lets he lets other people take many a jab at him, uh, you know, uh, with his weight and how old he's getting, and you know, oh, uh, and that's a funny aspect to the movie, and it adds to it all. But really, I think it's rare to see uh, a movie star, and he is indeed a movie star who's willing, you know, to be made fun like that like on camera you know in in this world of egos and everything like that and so it just it comes across more authentic you know uh on film for sure no absolutely and you know it's the one thing that kind of first of all this is kind of twofold but um anthony edwards you know not goose but the basketball (laughs) player anthony edwards um I think he he kind of he kind of stole it Man. from me a little bit. Like, I, like you just don't really see, you just don't really see, you know, outside of maybe you know, and and Juan, you know, Wancho was good. Yeah, like I thought he was effective. I thought he had a nice personality, good relationship with his daughter. Um, but Anthony Edwards, I think that scene in the combine where he's talking about raising Bo's daughter. <laughs> just hit different and like <laughs> and i guarantee that trash talk in the nba is probably a thousand times right. worse yeah than that but there's just something about like i found myself incredibly invested in bo cruz's composure mm-hmm. and that's not something that i expected to be invested <laughs> in and so this whole time at the combine and i know there's 20 minutes left like this is the time where he needs to shine this is the time where he overcomes adversity and he's still just so that that, that part kind of surprised me because I figured I had seen a clip of that on Twitter and I thought okay that must be really early in the movie and then no it's it's like it's the open to Act Three yeah yeah <laughs> and and uh, and so I, I was pretty surprised that that happened that late in the yeah. game yeah um, I'm glad you mentioned Anthony Edwards uh, definitely a standout and I'm a bad. NBA fan uh, when it comes to the regular season. I listen to a lot of podcasts that are generally kind of talking about teams and stuff, but I, I don't really watch that many games come until the playoffs. So I hadn't seen Anthony Edwards play as a real basketball player until this year. And man, when just on his talent, you know, alone, you're just like, he he's such an impressive player. And then I heard a lot of things just about, his personality. Apparently he has a Twitter or probably Instagram account, uh, just like his dog, apparently, uh, just for him. And apparently he's hilarious. And they, and then him in this movie, I think with his charisma that comes off the screen, but also his talent in the NBA, I, I think he'll, I think he might be the next LeBron, uh, Kobe, as far as just a household name, like I thought, I thought he was spectacular in the movie, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I love that his name was Kermit. Well, I, I know. I, I was like, how did how oh, did they how did they land on that one? <laughs> and I, I think it's funny too with a movie like yeah, this, I, where I, it's like real people, but also there's some players that you know have fake names. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, where do you draw the line? You know, a little bit, but. Uh, I mean, I understand the reasoning behind it, but it it is a little funny. It's like uh, with, you know, Kenny playing, you know, the agent versus, you know, uh, uh, Leon. Leon. Yeah. 
<laughs> but then you have Shaq and Charles <laughs> Barkley on the TNT show, you know, totally being themselves, you know, and it's like, well, you know, but with this type of movie, you, you just kind of ro- roll with yeah. it. And it, f- it felt weird because they had an inside the NBA segment and Kenny wasn't there. And it felt really weird. <laughs> like this is some multiverse where Kenny Smith is an agent named Leon. And it just, because uh, I was wondering, like, man, that inside the NBA, you know, that set looks small. Oh, Kenny's not there. Why is Ken- Oh, because he's an agent in the movie. And, and, uh, which I thought was kind of bold, you know, to have him. He had a pretty big, pretty big role. And, but, but something else in this movie that, that, you know, it's not just like, you know, Adam Sandler, the movie, but this movie, for better and for worse, just basically thrives on swagger. Mm-hmm. And so you have, Adam Sandler, Queen Latifah, like how much of that was scripted versus how much of that those insults that he threw to to Bo when he's shooting, how much of that was improv. Like I remember thinking, I watched the trailer and I saw that Ben Foster was in it, who I love, and I'm like, oh, this seems like kind of a small role for him, but he's fantastic <laughs> as always, and just perfect as the perfect as the co-owner who wants to. He was just he was perfect, and so. I really slept on this movie beforehand, and then I kept hearing, like, no, this is legit, mm-hmm. low-key, one of the best sports movies in the past decade. And it might be... I, I would agree 100%. Yeah, and it's uh, it's probably... I mean, I, I I can't quite take all the recent sport, sports movies that have been made or that sort of thing, but it's probably been the first one in a while yeah. that's a fictional story, so to speak, versus like based on a true story, uh, that sort of thing, um, which I enjoyed because it kind of allows you to wonder where the movie's going to go versus I I think like miracle is a great, is a great movie, but you know, you know, you know, the result if you know, you know anything (laughs) about sports history. And so even though that movie does a good job of getting you wrapped up in the dramatic part of it, even actually where you're wondering like, how are they going to beat the Russians or whatever? Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that. This is, you know, it's it's an original story uh, for the most part, and it's been a while since I've seen a sports movie like that. Um, sports movies for me are, uh, it's like, I really like, I, I do really enjoy them, but for some reason, I really have to talk myself into them because almost always they're always really well made. They have good talent in them. I mean, it's a good story, but almost like every time I just, maybe it's because I just know where it's going usually. Um, and But I'm always enjoy it when I do it. And so I think that's why I kind of enjoyed this one probably a little bit more so than those. It's just because I just, I just didn't know where it was going. And although the story wasn't just revolutionary, um, you just, you just enjoyed all the characters uh, involved. Yeah, it, it felt it felt fresh, and I think you know to your point, we've kind of been when it you know I'll, I'll use like the I'll use musical biopics as an example, but we kind of suffer from the Dewey Cox syndrome. Like once you do Walk Hard, you can't do a musical biopic <laughs> that way anymore. Right. But there's people who still do it yeah. that way, and I'm actually excited to see Elvis to see Elvis because it's Baz Luhrmann, so I know it may follow some of the Dewey Cox. <laughs> trajectory, but it's going to be Baz Luhrmann doing mm-hmm. it. So that, that makes me excited. But it's the same thing with sports movies. Like I really didn't have any desire to see American underdog. Mm-hmm. Like I, I it, there's just like a, there's a formula, like you said, to where if it's not a Rocky movie and 
like if it's not a Rocky movie, I'm probably not going to be interested <laughs> when it comes to sports movies. Um, you know, again, because yeah, you know the story, like that. That's that's a really to a really good point. Like I feel like I prefer fictional sports stories, mm-hmm. so I don't feel like I have to cross check it with what happened in real life, or I'd, I'm not fully engaged because I know it's going to happen. Right. I was going to ask you what are some of the weaker parts of this movie or some things that maybe you just weren't quite on board for. Um, I didn't think that there was a tremendous amount of urgency. I mean, that's part of a natural, um, that's a natural symptom of being a movie that is Adam Sandler. There's not a whole lot of urgency to it, but you know, Bo didn't have this big moment where it clicked for him. Like he kind of was still learning the montages were understated, which I didn't really have a problem with. Um, so it like the lack of interest it had in kind of those big sport tropes, uh, did give it a little bit less than like impactful ending. Like you're, the whole movie builds towards this draft, the whole movie builds towards this draft and where's he going to go and to not show it seemed like, well, I understand why they did it seemed like a missed opportunity. Um, but I also love the number 22 reveal mm-hmm. on the court. So it kind of made up for it. Um, but it's kind of like rookie of the year where, you know, they get to a certain point in rookie of the year where I think they win like the divisional round or the, or the conference championship. And then they just cut to them, him with his little league team. And he's holding up the suit, the world series ring. Like there is a little bit of like, Oh, so they won. That would have been interesting to see. Don't know how they would have won it with, you know, the state of the team without him, but you know, sure. It's a kid's movie. And so, so that, that kind of felt like it, it kind of did just end for, for me. Yeah. It didn't really hit, but, um, but I'm kind of okay with it too. Maybe I'm so used to having these big rousing moments in sports movies that I'm trained to like, ex- to cry at the end <laughs> yeah. of all these. And for this one, I, for this one, I just smiled. Yeah. And so maybe that's, maybe that's not a big negative. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked the, uh, I did, I did like the, I know we were talking about things that we didn't like so much about it, but I, I did like the little things here and there with uh, him ordering uh, uh, the food service and just taking one, one bite of everything. <laughs> and uh, although I didn't, uh, although I didn't quite shed a tear, uh, the moment where he saw his daughter for the first time and uh, jumped in the pool, you know, it, it, it got me a little, it, it got me a little bit, but um, I, I'm totally with you as far as yeah, uh, yeah, that kind of jump and stuff. And I'm still very much interested in a movie that could play out this story a little bit more uh, with maybe even you know him not yeah even having the ups and downs of actually being in the league. I mean, it's such a such a hard league to you know stay relevant in, and you know, but obviously you can't devote you know all that time to that. But I I, I totally. I totally get what you get, uh, what you're saying. And um, I, I'm wondering if maybe the, it, maybe they had, they were able to pull all this talent off, you know, actually playing basketball and stuff. And maybe none of them wanted to get in suits and pretend they were at a draft again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, they managed to make everything else look pretty real without really any green screen. It seemed like, so um, maybe they just, maybe they planned on it and it fell through and, um, but it didn't really, it didn't really take the movie down for me too much. But if I had to, as well as movies, I don't, I really don't want to find anything negative. It's like yeah. trying to find something negative to say about your wife. You know, like you don't want to, 
You don't want to say anything mean, you know, like you have some notes, you know, <laughs> but, but, but you love it enough. You know, you love it so much. You don't her, I won't say it. My wife is listening. Um, you, you, you know, you love her so much. You don't really care about those little imperfections. Be, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I'm trying, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying not to get in trouble too. And she's smiling. So that's good. Sorry. So far, my wife has been listening to this podcast, so I'm just going to let you talk on, on the, this time on this subject. Yeah, my, yeah. My wife won't 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 listen to this, so we're okay. <laughs> well, at least get her to subscribe. That would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, I'll get her. I'll get her to subscribe, and then she'll just kind of float. She'll just she'll just be a statistic for you. Well, uh, we'll jump into the uh, next section of this podcast that is called Movie Musings. Movie Musings. I have to give credit uh, where credit is due because uh, I always take a little different approach uh, to this. And I loved your idea uh, for this segment and about listing our listing our top three sports movies. Uh, We haven't shared with each other what our movies are. And you also gave us the gave me the challenge of. Uh, each film had to be at least a different sport. So um, I did sit sit with this for a really long time. And so I have a ton of honorable mentions, but we won't get into them. Um, and I'm actually still waffling on my number okay. one. Like, like there's two that are essentially one A and one okay. B, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to pick okay. one. Um, <laughs> do, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? No, you go ahead. Go, tell me your okay. number three. My number three um Number three is there's a lot of distance between my two and my okay. three. So the three was kind of one that like I, I watched so much as a kid, and I I, I really need to rewatch. But I put a league of their own. Nice. And that was one that I always grew up with. Uh, saw, I remember seeing it in the theater with my family. I remember Tom Hanks, you know, two to three minute pee, but it was just a. You know, if it, it, it felt fictional to me because I was a child when I saw it, so I had no context of what was going to happen. And actually, I think all of my movies that I have are not based on real events, and so I think that speaks to uh, my desire to for for fictional storytelling when it comes to that stuff. But uh, yeah, League of Their Own was my number two. I'm sorry, my number three. Uh, what about what was your number? Yeah, three? Uh, and just uh, for anybody who's enjoying this podcast, uh, episode six, we covered a league of their own. So if you want to hear my thoughts on that movie, it yeah, it definitely has a big place in my heart uh, for sure. Uh, my number three, even though it's not uh, very different from a league of their own, but uh, not dissimilar in around the same time frame of when it was made, and also dealing with baseball. But I put Field of Dreams as uh, my number three movie with Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. uh, it was another movie that I just grew up on. Uh, even though I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world, um, just the um, the the way it just depicts uh, how someone can feel so passionate about a sport, but then also uh, the obvious uh, father son connection. And I think the really blending like uh, it's and I'm sure it's been done some time before in film history, but you really kind of almost adding like a sci-fi element to a sports movie, you know, you hadn't really like sure. seen that, uh, been done before. And, um, it's probably more of a sentimental pick because, um, I've said before, uh, I, 
I, I grew up in a pretty conservative household when it came to the types of movies I saw. And this was a movie that was rated PG. And so it was one I probably saw like a whole lot more often than like other movies. But um, yeah, I, I love Field of Dreams and uh, I, I'm sure it's probably a movie that will will always probably guarantee me to get choked up at, at the last scene. Yeah. It seems like it's a lot of themes with, with, with my sports movies too, is like, is, is the, the, the good guy cry that, that you have like for, yeah, you know, field of dreams. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that, um, if your dad didn't show you field of dreams when you were a kid, you would have been taken out of the house, uh, for neglect. Like, but it was never a movie for me that like, I, I think maybe I watched it maybe a few times. Again, not a huge baseball guy. I was more like the Sandlot. Yeah, you know, like that yeah. was more like my. And I almost kind of, re- I almost regret putting League of Their Own as number three because I remember the Sandlot. <laughs> but if it if it took this this long for me to remember the Sandlot, then I guess it didn't really <laughs> deserve to be. Well, well, I can't imagine somebody watching a Field of Dreams who might have some parent issues. I, I was lucky that like I grew up in a household, uh, have a great relationship with my parents, have one of the best dads ever, and so I, I can't imagine someone who would watch that now. And <laughs> I'm sure it hits a little harder for them. But I, I watched it not too too long ago, and I think now being older, it's an interesting it's an interesting rewatch, especially from the. Uh, financial stand of it of like, oh my gosh, I, I can't imagine what my wife would do if I just decided to, you know, build a baseball field in the backyard. So uh, some of those elements were, you know, a little bit more, it hit a little bit closer to home <laughs> that time. But um, so, okay. So what's your number two? Uh, for number two, um, I put the karate kid. Oh, and this, this has a lot of, extra meaning to it too because of Cobra Kai it's kind of enhanced it even more for me and so they're just it's just I mean I I know we're not allowed to put sagas but I remember like you know I've watched it with my kids my kids love it my wife loves it you know it's it's relatively clean for Mm -hmm. you know for my kids so I don't feel the, the the parent guilt of showing something that they shouldn't see um but yeah, I, I don't really. I, it's just that '80s child in me, <laughs> I think, and and seeing how Cobra Kai has enhanced the Karate Kid has only kind of elevated it in my eyes to not quite being the best around, but being the second best around. <laughs> okay, now like uh, hold hold on to your uh, hat with this one, but um, maybe maybe this is like why I felt compelled uh, to watch it when I did, cause I knew we'd be talking about it, but I didn't watch the Cardi kid until the first time until like it was around this time last year. Uh, while you were talking, I actually looked up on my uh, letterbox account and it was July 13th, uh, 2021. So almost exactly a year to the date, but I sat down and watched Karate kid, the Karate kid for the first time. And so, uh, oh, I know God. it was a movie that people just like, every time I said I hadn't seen it, they just, they couldn't believe it. And so, uh, anyway, and I, uh, it, it was one of those I kind of had a little hesitancy a little bit just in the sense of like I knew it was so beloved and I knew it kind of had that 80s cheese to it, you know, so I wondered actually how good it was versus, you know, just is it nostalgic and I, I really enjoyed it. I was I was really surprised by it. So I, I think that's an excellent pick and I, I didn't even I didn't even think think of that one falling into sports movie category, but it's perfect. Um, so my number two is, 
What's your number two? My number two movie is just, it's a film I adore. And I actually contemplated whether or not it was, could be considered a sports movie, but I think it could be, but Jerry Maguire is my number two movie. Um, I have just always, and it's so funny. I'm not even necessarily like a big Tom Cruise uh, fan. That's not why I like the movie, but I've always said that if I wrote a movie and directed it, it's the perfect type of movie uh, for me. It has comedy. It has drama. It has romance. It's about sports. It's just a collaboration of things. I've always loved Cameron Crowe films and, it's, it's it's just one that I adore. Uh, you know, I think it's a very good movie. I, I don't think I could quite argue it as the best movie ever, but it's just a personally just a sentimental movie and just one that I admire just from a screenwriting perspective and just the the ability to uh, just mix mix genres really. So no, I would totally second that as a sports movie. I think it's. I think I rewatched it during COVID. Um, and I mean, I thought it held up phenomenally well. So that is a, that is a strong number two, strong number two. Okay. So, uh, man, a big, big drum roll for your number one, your, your number one sports movie, (sighs) man, I'll tell you what I was going to put. I was going to put, put warrior. Okay. As my number one, um, it, it just it hits it hits every button for me. But I will if I with a gun to my head, I have to put Creed okay at number one. Interesting. And I know I know that you have to put Rocky in there, but to me, it's the best Rocky performance. It's the best. It's 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 arguably my favorite version of the Rocky story. I like Rocky being sad. I don't like Rocky being made fun of for being stupid. Like he is a guy who he needs to be living in Philadelphia, running a restaurant, not that well and offering sports stories like that to me is a quintessential Rocky. You know, that's a quintessential Rocky resolution for me. So um, for me, and I'm a huge Michael B. Jordan guy, huge Ryan Coogler. And so for me, it just, it took something that I thought was going to, it was a really good idea. I did not think that they were going to execute it as well as they did. And to me, just completely found a way to, you know, as far as legacy sequels go, it kind of does something very similar to what Cobra Kai did. And that is bring in your legacy characters, but have your story stand on its own with, with new characters and new blood and have it feel organic. And so for me, it will, you know, and I even like Creed two a lot, and and but I probably I probably watch Rocky four the most out of all of them. <laughs> it's not really what I consider my favorite, but but um, I I had to make a tough choice and and choose Creed as my number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, thought about the Rocky uh, franchise, but I mean that's a that's a solid pick. Uh, what Ryan Coogler did with that movie and with Michael B. Jordan as a lead, who's I mean, just a generational uh, talent. Uh, that's a that's a very very solid pick. Um, and for my number one, and you said this was okay. I asked you about documentaries, um, but my number one movie is um, is Hoop Dreams, <laughs> the uh, documentary from the early. I knew it. Why'd you it. know it? <laughs> 
I just had a, I just had a feeling like as soon as you said documentary, I was like, it's going to be, yeah, yeah. because there's really not another sports documentary. That's like as beloved right. as Hoop right. dreams. And I, you know, I, uh, I, I love, I love the 30 for 30 documentaries. I haven't seen all of them. And I even kind of went through that list to make sure, you know, uh, I've just always liked that format a lot, but I mean, you have to, you have to go back, uh, to hoop dreams and just, um, even, even the fact that it was, I think really a documentary that's just made great strides for the genre itself. Um, as far as like actually being consumed as entertainment, um, kind of one of those first movies to really gain status, even, <laughs> even though it wasn't even, uh, nominated, uh, for Oscar, uh, the year that it was out, but it's famously was a champion by Roger Ebert. Who's a big, uh, I've just always been a big fan. Um, and, uh, he really championed, especially with the Chicago ties, but, um, I, I mean, it's just a movie for me that just the dedication, um, that the filmmakers take to tell the story of these two young professionals. And I'm not just picking hoop dreams because of this movie hustle, um, very different movies, but telling kind of similar stories. But I mean, it just, it just depicts like how tough it is to make it professionally, uh, in the NBA, uh, but not just the NBA, but uh, you could really tie it to any, like, <laughs> you know, uh, any job, any like profession, really just the grind that it takes, but especially uh, how much it means to these players and to their families. It, I mean, it's more than just, you know, becoming a star. I mean, it really uh, it depends on their like livelihood of just making it. Th- this type of movie was, uh, even though a lot of documentaries obviously existed at the time, um, the fact that people saw this movie and people weren't, I mean, there's documentaries all over the place now. I think people are a little bit more aware of themselves on camera. Uh, I think that the, uh, you know, the real people with the characters in this movie uh, aren't always seen in the positive lights, you know, uh, in a positive light because people just weren't as used to being on camera. So I think you really see a truly authentic story. And um, I think any kid who um, has a desire to make it, professionally in any kind of sport i think they need to see uh this movie just to uh not scare them straight but just to realize like hey this is this is this is a tough grind so anyway hoop dreams that's uh, that's my number one can you tell that like it well done well done i approve (laughs) oh yeah no it sounds it makes me want to go back and rewatch it i don't know if i've actually watched i think i must have because i was i was a basketball player but um, I'm pretty sure I read the book, okay, or at least the whatever the. I'm not sure if they called it a novelization, but there was there was one day where I was grounded for an entire day, and I think <laughs> I had that book, and I ended up. Reading well, it. It, it was also uh, I feel like I can't remember exactly when I saw it, but you know, it was this documentary that just I, I wouldn't be shocked if I watched it in school. Like it just became um, it just became this thing that like yeah. um. And not that we had our TV channel on PBS all the time, but I think it, you know, aired on PBS a lot. Or um, it was just one of these first times one of the these small movies just, you know, uh, just broke through the barrier, so to speak. We've put Hustle Up on a pretty high uh, pedestal. Um, I, you know, I certainly recommend it. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think even if you're not a basketball fan, you'll 
you'll really like it. You'll really enjoy it and, you know, leave definitely with a smile on your face. Uh, uh, do you have any closing thoughts on the film itself? Yeah. So, so for me, yeah, it was a big, very pleasant surprise. I think I was anticipating it to be just kind of more, I don't know, run of the mill, um, sports melodrama, which was, I should have known better, uh, watching the trailer, but I, I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. That feels appropriate. To that, me. That's exactly on point for me. It's the same with me. Uh, and it's almost, uh, and sometimes like my three and a halves are, uh, they're not a bad thing f- for me. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. It's like, there's even some five star movies. I wouldn't completely like rewatch all the time, but this is a movie, even though it's three and a half. And I think maybe you could say play it plays it safe. Sometimes. I, I mean, this is something that if it was easily on, if it was on the TV and I was just walking by, I would stop and, stop and watch it you know it it just has those moments and scenes you could go you could come in and out of it at any point and i think enjoy it enjoy what was on where would it be in your top of this year so far oh if you like do you have a list kind of already already going Uh, uh, yeah no i just did mine a little bit last night so i'm a little bit more (laughs) no no tell me yours because i i do keep a diary and i don't really like revisit the list until like the very end of the year you know but uh yeah where where does it lie kind of that's that's smart well where does it lie in your rankings well it's the it's the 91st movie i've seen this year uh which (laughs) jeez usually like last year i i watched like well and they, these are new. These are new and old movies. I usually keep yeah. a list of. Like last year was a kind of a COVID year. I watched over two hundred and twenty, <laughs> um, but um, I kind of have to go into my new movies and kind of have a list, a running list throughout the year. This will change for sure. For I think by the end of the year, whenever all the 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 prestige movies come out. But number the number I have Hustle at number five. Okay, wow. Uh, behind. I have Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent at four, uh, Top Gun Maverick at three, Everything Everywhere All at Once is my two, and the number one right now is The Black Phone, but that's I'm a horror fan, okay. so generally those are going to be reserved for my favorite horror <laughs> movie of the year. No, that's... But yeah, I put it number five. Awesome. I, I haven't seen Black Phone, but... Um... Uh, the rest of those are, yeah, those are, those are solid. Well, I haven't seen, uh, the Nicolas Cage one either, but, uh, kind of from what I've heard or whatever, uh, yeah, yeah, those are good picks. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. If you have Netflix, uh, check it out. One of my Facebook memories showed up with you, uh, holding your beer over my dog, the yeah. Isabel, the white dog. Do you remember well, that photo? I, I, I remember <laughs> that came up. And I remember that photo because I could get Whitney in here to tell you, she says that is the photo that made her want to actually go on a date with me. That no yeah. lie. <laughs> no, no lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny you said that I, I didn't realize that was that was your dog but yeah i i think uh she she knew i had the ability to uh <laughs> i guess cut loose a little bit and that's I, i'm not someone who really like cuts loose but anyway uh yeah so anyway yeah i i don't know why but that's funny that you brought that up but yeah <laughs> well hey i i appreciate you uh you, you having me um, anytime, anytime I'm all, I'm, 
I love talking about movies. So anytime you have a movie that no one wants to watch, yeah. you know, I'll watch no, it. No, I'll definitely reach out. I, I don't know if I can keep up at your pace, but um, I, I certainly will. So I uh, appreciate you taking the time and um, uh, cheers to Isabel. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> no, <laughs> I figured. <laughs> she's been dead for a long time. <laughs> I want to thank Mark for coming on and discussing Hustle. It was really fun to catch up with him and also not just talk about Hustle, but talk about some of our favorite sports movies. Uh, That was a really fun discussion. Hope you join us next week as we talk about Elvis. I wasn't expecting to talk about this movie, but we had a chance to go see it in a theater. So my wife's going to join me next week to discuss the movie along with some surprise guests. Remember, you can go to moviesatarelife.com. You can find all our past episodes and reviews. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Always have lots of good conversations going on there. We'd love to hear from you. Until next week, thanks for listening.